my momentum story. So I have a few incidents in my checkered past as it relates to money uh, that were less than ideal. At least three instances of maxing out credit cards to the, well, max, um, to the point of, you know, needing to borrow money uh, outside of even normal channels to try to pay them off. Culminating with one of these great deals where uh, work with an agency that says, you don't have to even pay these guys off. We'll negotiate a settlement for you and you can pay pennies on the dollar and stuff like that. What they don't tell you is that it'll destroy your credit history for seven years, just as if you declared bankruptcy, and that you will then have to pay taxes on all the money you supposedly saved by doing this settlement. And nobody in a financial pickle anticipates that, and they don't bother to tell you that. So, so like, disastrous. Like, like really enslaved to it, and always had a full-time job, I've always worked, I've always made money, and for most of my adult life, I uh, lived paycheck to paycheck, um, regardless of, you know, how much money I made, because credit cards were like candy. So I remember the first time I ever came to church, and, you know, they passed the plate, giving, like, I, I pretty much, you know, if I put a $20 bill in the plate, that was more than I got out of it, so that was a pretty generous gift. I've sort of evolved that uh, to a point of basically that's the first check I make every pay period now, is, is my tithe, or my tithe plus, depending on. And um, I don't know that. That framework is, is uh, very liberating and uh, healthy and affects stewardship across the board in your life. Never a big fan of the church wanting to talk about money, but the, the thing I've learned through many trials and errors and mistakes is that uh, you can be a slave to it or you can control your own destiny. I'm in, I'm in charge now. And wife and I are on the same page with it, and it just makes a radical, radical difference. My name is Kevin, and that is my Momentum Story. Good morning, everyone. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Matty Taus. I get to be one of the pastors here at Epiphany Station. And I want to first of all thank Kevin Brown for being willing to share his Momentum Story. And it is because in our existence as a church family, it's stories like that, years and years and years of stories of people where money has made such an impact on them, some positive and some negative, that we want to walk through this teaching series together called Momentum. Last week we kicked off with a conversation, an overarching view on what money means when we want to love God and love people. So this week we're going to talk about what it means to earn and then next week, spend, and then we're going to talk about debt, and then we're going to talk about saving, and then we're going to talk about giving, all for the mentality, all for the desire to make these steps in the right direction of using our money to love God and love people, rather than our money using us, our money taking us in a direction 
that we don't want to go. Jesus himself set some guardrails up for us to understand what money will do to us, whether we want it to or not. He said that wherever the treasure, your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Whatever you take stock in, whatever you commit to, whatever you love, that will move your heart and your affections in that direction. So today we're going to talk about earning. We're going to talk about earning in the context of going to work and earning. We're going to talk about earning in the sense of all the different types of earning that we do. Many of us have been gifted with different capabilities, different capacities to do work and to earn. Some it's in the very traditional sense of going out and getting a paycheck. Others it's in running the home. Others it's in small ways being able to do something well. And so as it encompasses us all, what we want to do is talk about this understanding about what the correct view of our earning money is. And to do that, what we have to start off with is just being able to appreciate what our current views on money and going to work and earning are. Now, if tomorrow morning, if you're on your way to work and you start to feel those Monday morning blues, one of the greatest things that you can do, and you don't do this at work, because that would be unethical, and you don't do it while you're driving, because that would be dangerous, but Monday morning memes are some of the great things to search for to try and get a pulse on what culture genuinely thinks about going to work on a Monday. And I appreciate them because they make me chuckle like a little boy. This one, I think the first one is one of the cutest ones. And it's all the cuter when you realize that she's trying to put on rubber gloves. The second one is a throwback for my generation for those who really know what Chunk was feeling in the moment. And the third one is something that we've all tried to do. It's tried to manufacture a delight of being somewhere, especially when it comes to having to go to work. And we struggle with work. We struggle with the idea of work ever being something that is other than just a punishment or a burden that we have to hold on to. I was reading an article that basically spoke a guy called David Mathis said, look, it's not surprising. In fact, Christians of all humans shouldn't be surprised that our world struggles with work in all of its forms. We have this feeling about work that it's somehow distasteful, that it's unsavory, and that if you're working and you have to work, it's probably because you made some mistakes, and that only dumb people have to work super hard. And because we have that view, and that's just a perpetual view that has gone on through culture, something we've been taught usually since we're very young, we try and make ways, plans to avoid and get around having to work to earn. And we can come up with all sorts of crazy plans to make sure that happens. From get-rich-quick schemes to playing the lottery. For my generation, which struggles with itself just to get to work, feeling quite apathetic and lazy when it comes to providing. I want us to start off in our goal of trying to get the right view of work and of earning by taking out the wrong view. The way I want to start us off is I want us to look at four things that the Bible has to say, that God has to say right out of the gate about how we will not successfully earn money. This is going to smash out of the water those false and fragile notions that we have that somehow we can avoid it. The first we find in Proverbs 13, 11, that says wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Proverbs 12, 11, a person who chases fantasies has no sense. Ephesians 4.28, if you're a thief, quit stealing. And Proverbs 10.4, lazy people are soon poor. Now these are just hard-cutting, clean, clear, and to-the-point statements that God has tried to communicate with all people. If you try and get your money in any of these ways, it isn't going to happen. 
And if we knew these, and if we believed these, and I think we would avoid some of the great money mistakes that we potentially made in the past. We can help our children avoid those same mistakes in the future. And so to understand, now that we extricate the wrong view of what money is and what earning is, to understand why we go to work and why we earn and why that's not such a bad thing, we need to get the root of why work, why it's a thing. Because for too long, it has been taught, it has been professed, and it has even been spoken of in the church, like work's bad, like work is punishment, like work is the curse on mankind for our evil ways. But in fact, you go all the way back, like day one, well, it's probably like day six by this point, you start off in God's adventure with mankind, and you see that he planned us to do work. The first man that he created, it says that he set him in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. He gave him something to do, something to apply himself to, something to accomplish. And if that man was made to work, then that means that we are made, we are purposed to work and to earn, to be able to do something. Last week, if you missed that conversation at epiphanystation.com under the watch tab, you can find it. Because last week, we saw how God's agreement in loving us is that he gives us the capacity, the ability to do stuff. That we can succeed. That we can actually try. And so, if we're going to parcel this together and put it off to one side, that, that maybe what we've been told and what culturally is accepted that works bad is not true. That work could actually be a good thing. That earning is a good thing. What is it about it that's good? And how is it that we can actually move forward? One of the things I love about God is he tends not to arrive at conversations with advice. He tends to show up with answers. It doesn't matter whether he's talking about marriage, family, parenting, sex, or money. He shows up and says, this is how it is because this is how I made you. These are the principles of how it is going to go well and obviously how it is going to go badly. And it is no different. The reason I started with those four verses is because each of them has a second half. They are not just verses that say, here's how you won't. It follows up by saying, here's how you will earn money well. It says, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. A hard worker has plenty of food, but a person who chases fantasies has no sense. If you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. There's a common thread that runs through each of those, that hard work apparently is a thing for us to do. Like if we want to earn money and keep it and be wise with it, the hard work will actually be an essential piece of it. All four of those directives come from different places. Three from the Old Testament, one from the New. The three from the Old Testament, they're written in Hebrew. And the word that is used to describe hard work as it's translated is the word ovad. And then over here we have the one from the New Testament written in Greek. And the word that's used is kopeau. And you've got ovad and kopeau and they mean exactly the same thing. Trying to communicate this. When it says hard work, it means to dig deep, to toil, to sweat, to accomplish. That's the type of work. If God was going to reveal anything to you today about money and earning it, that's the way he's called us to go and get it. To go and put ourselves into it and to toil and labor for it. Now this is a very challenging thing because it does fly in the face of, you know, work smarter, not harder, right? 
See what you can do to get around. See how many years you have left to work so then you don't have to work anymore. And this is a struggle as I kind of looked at this and we knew we were having this conversation today. And so I read some more and researched some more and studied some more and talked some more and prayed some more. And something started to click and something possibly started to make sense about maybe this is more than just God saying you should work hard because I say so. And maybe there's something actually more going on about how he created us. And maybe we're actually stumbling onto that now. We have more studies than ever that show the way that our brains work. And the way that our brains connect to things. And make a connection to things. And we can see that when we have worked for something, like applied ourselves to it, toiled for it. We actually are more likely to value it than if it was handed to us. We're actually make a, a physical and emotional relational connection to the thing that we worked for, the reward of all that sweat and tears. Rather than if it's a bailout and a handout, we value it very little. And so if we have worked hard for something, we're actually less likely to let it just fritter away on things that don't matter. And money is less likely to just disappear out of the door. In fact, you are more likely to be seen as a person of prudence and responsibility and given more opportunities to earn more. You are more likely to be seen not as living in fantasy. You're more likely to gain wealth in the way that you attribute hard work and value the results of it. Hard work, though, still hard. Hard work is hard. There's no getting around it. There's no magical answer, which I'm going to finish this off by saying, and God says hard work, but... Let me tell you how to get around that. Hard work is hard. It is. But what's harder is having money and then seeing it disappear. Hard work is hard, but it must be harder to win the lottery and then like 70% of people have to declare bankruptcy three years later. Hard work is hard. But what's harder is having a reputation of living in fantasy. Of not actually having any plans that ever pan out to anything of profit. It's hard to work hard, sure. But it must be harder being a thief and being caught. And having everything taken away from you, friends, family, even your freedom. Yes, sure, work is hard work, but it's much harder to be poor. It's much harder to stay poor and to live poor, to generationally be poor. There's nothing stopping you from avoiding hard work. Nothing at all. You can do it and do what most people do with most of their lives. But maybe God is just trying to communicate to you why that doesn't satisfy why money has never been a thing of peace, joy, and contentment for you. And why it seems so unstable. Because what God has to say about earning money is it doesn't matter how much you earn. It's about how you earn it. And earning it in a way that is honorable. Full of integrity. Full of hard work. In a way that God can get on board with, get behind, and bless. And so we're faced with the question... Will we continue to seek to get around hard work or will we seek to be a people, some of God's people, some people who want to love people and love God, who will do it differently? I want to challenge you to do something here in a minute. And I'm hoping this is going to challenge you to think, it's going to challenge you to decide, and it's going to challenge you to act. What I'm going to ask you to do is hopefully going to help you take your eyes off how much you can earn and what you're going to take home and how you're going to spend it. But instead, it'll get your eyes on what God has always intended for you to see and understand about earning. You have two options in this. When we take the time, you have two options. Are you going to do one or are you going to do the other? The first is you're going to continue to view work as a bad thing, 
a bad thing that's either for bad people or dumb people and it ain't going to be you. And you're going to find your ways to get around it. Because there are schemes and there are fantasies and there are thefts able to you and open to you that you can get yourself to that place that you want to be. And all I have to say to you is if you choose to do that, that our God is very patient and he is very generous. And for all of the plans that he has made for my life, he has factored in my stubbornness and my stupidity. So when I hit the wall the first, second or tenth time, your God is still there for you. Still waiting for you to come and see what he has always said will work and what won't. I want to do something with you that I've, I've never done before. And I want to share something with you. It's a little bit of an inside joke uh, with the staff here at Epiphany Station. And I tend to share it with them on a weekly basis. Because I like repeating jokes because I think that's funny. I'm, I'm somewhere on a list. A list that tells some people that I'm either incredibly wealthy or incredibly gullible and dumb. And so therefore, I get like five or six phone calls a week. I get more than that because I'm really popular. But I get five or six phone calls a week in the same format. Usually the same amount of time I get a voicemail. Different person, different name, different voice, but exactly the same thing. Trying to get me to get on board with this amazing business opportunity. Let me share that with you. Hey there, I was just reaching out to you because I know you're a business opportunity minded person. I am. So I wanted to share with you a program where we do all the advertising, lead follow up and sales calls for you. And then we split each sale with you 50-50. The average sale will earn you $3,500. So what's important about this is that you can earn a full time income with just a couple of sales a month. So it's a very realistic opportunity. Just to give you an idea of what you can do here, I actually earn between fifty and $100,000 each month. And on my website, I'm going to show you my recent income proof, just so you can see that I'm not making these numbers up. Not making it up. So hopefully you can sense this is a legitimate opportunity legitimate that's worth your time checking out. And to do so, you can just go to retire. I'm not giving you the website address for those of you who are going to write it down. They're, they're really again, excited for you to get the website. RetireNowSystem.com. Oh, okay. Anyway. That'll do. Now, we can all laugh and chuckle at Bob, Barbara, Jean, Frank, Paul, and everyone else that gives me a call and leaves me a voicemail and just understand how ridiculous that is. I've got a plan. I've got a scheme. You don't have to call anyone, sell anything, market anything, but you can make $100,000 a month. Are you in? Just go to this website that won't steal any of your information. And we laugh at things like that because we can see this, the ridiculousness of it, I hope, Sometimes, when we say, this is how I'm going to make my money, this is how I'm going to make sure I don't have to work hard, it makes people want to laugh. And sometimes the plans that we make of how we're going to earn and how we're going to provide, those plans are laughable to God. Because all he's ever sought to do is help you understand the basics of how it does and does not work. So when we come out with our own schemes of plans, he's like, no, 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 it won't work. It doesn't matter the scheme, it doesn't matter the fantasy, it doesn't matter the theft that you're planning or the laziness and apathy that you think will play out. It won't work. God has told you it won't work. I'm going to call this our cheat sheet and I want you to have it with you the next time a great opportunity comes knocking at the door. And to see what it is, show it to your children, teach your children because I think if we got this, we would all be in a better financial situation tomorrow, next year and the decade after. All God has ever tried to do is show you how it works. 
And so all he's asked you to do is to turn your view into his. To change your perspective and to simply do this. Love hard work. Love the idea of hard work. Because hard work is honorable. It's full of integrity. It's where you go and you do what God has called you to go and do. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO or a pastor. You're working Burger King or DigiKey. It doesn't matter if you're selling on Etsy and eBay. Hard work is the way that God has esteemed work to be. The thing that he has called what he is going to bless. And so it, it is up to us not to try and find a way around work, but to find a way to get to work. And so he gives us these. Hard work will make money appear. Hard work will make money a reality. Hard work will give you gain so you can give. And hard work will lead to wealth. These are his promises about how it works. And so the only option that we have is to choose to view money as bad, as the work as bad, or to work hard. And that might be in a job change, if you're looking into the future, you're a student now and you're applying yourself to your studies, or in ways that you run your home. You can work hard. You can find the things that you can do with an attitude of digging in and toiling and making as profitable as possible. And so I want to ask you, this is what I want you to do, I want to ask you to take some time to think specifically in your context of the way that you mostly go to work and do your work, the hard things. How can you do it different? How can you work hard? How can you apply yourself and toil and accomplish and put something in to get something out? How can you ovar? How can you cope out? How can we be different from the rest of the culture that's trying to give you a quick fix? In your program that you're handed in, there's a gap at the bottom in which you can make some notes or write it on your phone or write it on your best friend's arm. I don't really care, but I'm going to give you 30 seconds to not look at me but to look down and to write something about how you're going to work different now. Jesus said that wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to want to go. And when we talk about earning money and earning it well and working hard, we're not doing that so we treasure work. We're not talking about it so we'll treasure earning. We're talking about it so that we can treasure God more by being who he made us to be, by doing what he made us to do and doing it the way he made us to do it. People who want to love God and love people should be the best damn workers in the world because we know why we're working and how we've been called to work by our God. And by that, our hearts get pulled more and more to being like God, loving Him better and loving people better. And so next week, we're going to continue the conversation as we get to talk about spending. So those of you who are spenders, this one's just for you. And I'm not going to say anything mean to you the entire weekend. We're just going to talk about how we spend, how spending is good, how we can spend more, how we can spend with a better conscience, and how we can spend in ways that matter. Continuing with this conversation, our discipleship training coaches wanted to launch uh, three workshops over the next couple of months to help people take an even deeper dive into the conversation on money. Money 101 is going to be launching tomorrow night, 
Monday night at 6 p.m. here at Epiphany. And then it's again at the end of October on the 28th and the middle of November on the 18th. And I'll lead you into more conversation about what God's word has to say about understanding money. Now, as we wrap up this conversation and experience, I'm going to invite the music team to come on up. And as they do, they're going to lead us in a song of worship and response. And as always, as we finish up, if there is anything that you need prayer for, our prayer team will be down front. Our prayer team is here to pray for you and for your needs. So if there's something from our conversation today about money and earning and work, or maybe there's just something going on in your faith or in your family that you'd like prayer for, these are high-integrity people who are going to be here who we trust with confidentiality. And you can make use of them during the last song or the end of the experience today. Let me pray for you guys. Father God, we thank you that you seek to spell it out for us. Um, That you don't seek to just leave us hanging on the line, twisting in the wind. But we get to actually see the things that you've said will be good. The things that you'll get behind. The things that you will bless. So help us to see it. Help us to believe the simple answer and the simple belief that is hard work you've called us to do. God, help us not to get caught up in the lies of the get-rich-quick, of of gambling and schemes and different things that say that it's all going to work out well. Help us just to be prudent. Help us to have wisdom. And God, I ask you to help us as a church family to guard and protect one another when we see any of us drift in that direction. God, I thank you that you love us enough to want to tell us how to do money so we can actually enjoy it and it be a thing of peace for us. Help us to continue to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.